tomato day for me because I'm putting my tomato plants out today. So I can't wait any longer. I got to do it today. So if we have a false warning, I'll just cover them up. But I can't wait any longer. They're doing so good right now. Well, it's sort of the season, isn't it? You know, planting things, uh, the, the vibrancy of colors and things, their brilliance. It's all about life. And that's what Easter is all about. Easter is all about life, and we're going to celebrate life. That's what we're going to do for the next several weeks as we go through this period of Easter. Uh, because of Christ, because of Jesus' resurrection, we can celebrate life. There is a, a vast abundance of life in Jesus in helping us to deal with everyday living. And I like what we see in the gospel story today. Three times, no less than three times, Jesus says to his disciples, and Jesus knew exactly what his disciples need, just like what we need today. What did he say? Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Doesn't that just sort of calm you a little bit? Well, of course it does. The peace of Christ being with you. Uh, and we're not taught, you know, peace like love and all these other kinds of things. There are different categories of it. We're not talking about peace, and, and I must admit, I like this kind of peace too, where we don't, where our to-do list is all done. You know, everything's scratched off. That's, that's peace, isn't it? Or we don't, the refrigerator's not gone out, or the washing machine, something like that. That's peace, isn't it? That's not the peace he's talking about here. He's talking about a, a peace that Paul described to the church at Philippi in these words. He said, this is a peace that is beyond all understanding. It surpasses all understanding. Why? Because it's a peace that you can have whether your to-do list is done or not. I mean, that's why. Because if everything is going to hell in a handbasket, you still can have peace. And uh, that's, that's the beauty of our faith. That's why Paul also called it, it is a peace that is beyond comprehension. You just can't understand it. It's, it's that wonderful, and uh, it's that great. So we're talking about undisturbed peace today. Uh, could you use with a, li a little more of that in your life today, just undisturbed peace? Well, I bet you could. Uh, I know I could. There's so much stuff that's going on out there in the world today. Uh, you know, I need some undisturbed peace. Well, I just sort, it's sort of like a, an image that was made one time of a little bird sitting on a limb, hanging over a huge waterfall and just taking it easy. And the water roaring below, you know. That's the kind of image that I think of when I think about the peace of Christ, this undisturbed peace. So if you need some of that today, tune in to the story, the gospel reading today. Well... John gives us some great narrative to open and introduce the story, and that's really important. The first thing he says, it's the evening of the first day of the resurrection. Now, that's important. The day of resurrection, man, that was a busy day. I mean, it was a busy day. It started out before the sun rose because uh, Mary Magdala and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and others went to the tomb to anoint Jesus with oils and perfumes, sort of a preparation of his body for burial. And uh, they get there, and, and he's not there. He's gone. Where is Jesus? Uh, you know, and then Peter and John, they come and take a look. And then somewhere between then and that evening, 
uh, we're told that Jesus appeared to Peter. And then we find there in the evening, there they are. Uh, they're all huddled together. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a crazy day. You ever had a crazy day? Well, of course you have. Uh, it was just one of those kinds of days. And by the evening, the rumors were flying everywhere. What in the world is going on? You know, Jesus was big news. I mean, in Jerusalem, Jesus was big news. What in the world is happening? As a matter of fact, the rumor mill was just churning out the rumors. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Even, even got a little bit of conspiracy theory. You ever heard of conspiracy theory? You know, that's not a new term. That's something that, that uh, was happening 2,000 years ago. Yeah, there was conspiracy theory going around. Here, see, here was the problem. Uh, that's why they put guards at the tomb of Jesus, because they were afraid that something was going to happen to Jesus, and it was going to ruin the Roman credibility. It was going to ruin the credibility of the Pharisees. And so uh, when, when Jesus wasn't there, boy, they had a big problem on their hands. It's like, well, where is he? And that's when the conspiracy theories start. Have you ever heard of the swoon theory? That's one of them. Uh, the swoon theory is one that, well, Jesus was crucified, but he never really died. He just sort of swooned. You know, he, he, he thought he was dead, but he really wasn't dead, so he just came back alive. You know, they're doing everything they can to discredit what Jesus said and save face with the people. Uh, another one was the third day conspiracy theory. See, they realized it. They even said in the scriptures, they, you know, the Romans and the religious leaders, they realized that Jesus had said on the third day he would rise again. And guess what? It was the third day. So what do they say? Well, his disciples come on the third day and they remove his body. Okay? Conspiracy theory number two. Which one is it? Well, it's neither one of them, is it? <laughs> Jesus is walking around. He's walking around. He's resurrected. He's walking around. Uh, but it, it really raised a, a, you know, a stink in the city. And there was a great persecution that, uh, that broke out as a result of that. And uh, the city was really tore up about it. They didn't know what to think. And, you know, the spin doctors were just going at it and, and what to do. But uh, there was persecution, John tells us, that broke out. And the disciples were afraid for their lives. So what do they do? They find a little room. They go in the room. They lock the doors. They bolt the windows. And then they just sort of huddle in fear that somebody's going to find them. They're, they're, they're stressed out. They're anxious. They're worrying that somebody's going to break in because they're going to find them. Uh, that's sort of the setup of the situation today. You know, it, you know, it, it almost sounds like some of the situations in our life. Uh, can you think of any situations like that where you've bolted the door to your heart uh, trying to keep your problems at a distance, sort of keep them at bay. Uh, have you ever found yourself bent over from being stressed out, anxious? You know, you can get so stressed out that uh, you begin to shiver in fear because you're afraid that your problems are going to get you. Your problems are going to get the best of you. Well, sure, I have. I'll be honest. I'll be the first one to say I've been in situations like that. You probably have to if you're honest about it. 
but you know what's interesting about it? Here they are. They're scared half to death. They don't know what to. They don't know what to think. See, see, they didn't believe. Well, there was one that did, but we'll talk about him in a minute. But see, the disciples in the room didn't believe that Jesus had been resurrected. They still thought that their leader was lying on a cold slab tomb in a, a slab in a tomb that he was dead. So they didn't have any reason to be encouraged. That is except for one of them. We'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, uh, but, you know, Jesus knew what they needed. He knew what they needed. They needed assuring. You ever find that assurance makes you feel better when you get reassured, when things are going, you got a lot of problems and somebody comes up that you believe in, that you trust, and they assure you, they reassure you that everything's going to be okay? Well, of course it does. Of course it does. And that's what Jesus does. He, you know, he doesn't sit there and, or stand there and knock on the door and say, hey, guys, let me in. Let me in. I want to I encourage you. What does he do? Well, he walks through the door. You got to remember that. Uh, you know, he walks through the door. He didn't walk in the door. He walks through the door. And when he does, he stands there and he says to them, Peace be with you. See, he knew what they needed, didn't he? He knew exactly what they needed. Just like he knows what we need today. We're, it's no different. Human nature is human nature. It doesn't matter if it's 2000, 2022, or 1500, or 500, or whenever it is. It doesn't matter. Human nature is human nature. Now, the situation may change, but human nature is human nature, and that's that's why uh, the gospel is so powerful, because it speaks to our lives, you know, but regardless of the, of the situation. And uh, there he was, and he, he knew what they needed. And guess what happened when he said that? They began to calm down. See, just the sound of his voice was enough to quell, to calm their fears. You know, Jesus talked about that didn't he? You know, the good shepherd, the story of the good shepherd, we'll, we'll hit that one here in the future. What did Jesus say? See, he said, the sheep know my voice, and when they hear my voice, they follow me. See, just his, the sound of his voice was enough. Isn't that, isn't that what he did with Mary of Magdala when he, was, when he appeared as the gardener? All he had to do was say, Mary, and she recognized it was him, and she just, see, the sheep hear the voice. They know the shepherd. Uh, this, is, this is some of the greatest technology in sheep-shepherd voice recognition. That's what this is. See, it's a fact. Jesus knew it. You can take a bunch of sheep from, a different, from all different kinds of flocks. You can put them in one space, in one pen, and when a shepherd comes to get his flock, all he has to do is call them. And the ones that are his, they recognize his voice and they follow him. See, Jesus saw that. That's called sheep-shepherd voice recognition technology, isn't it? And that's exactly what here, when they heard his voice, they knew who he was. And he calmed their fear. See, the shepherd is there. The shepherd's not dead. The shepherd is alive. The shepherd is alive today. 
no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through. The shepherd is alive. Listen for his voice and find peace and reassurance. And this really leads us to the first point regarding Jesus' peace, and it's this. There's an overwhelming abundance of peace to be found when we trust our Lord, when we trust our Lord. Many, many times in, in the scripture story, Jesus had proven to his disciples over and over again that he was solid as a rock. You could, you, you know, you could bet on Jesus. You could bet that whatever he bet on, whatever he did, he was going to be a winner because he was bigger than any problem that they had to deal with. You know what that means? That means that whatever problem you have in life today, Jesus is bigger. He's bigger than that. Think about that. Well, you don't know my, well, I pretty well know, experienced or heard every problem that's known to man. That's part of being a priest. I can tell you, Jesus is bigger than all of them. Never found one that he was, he was smaller. He, and I don't think I ever will. Uh, I like what he said, as a matter of fact. He, at one time when his disciples were all stressed out, he said this. He says, here's why I'm telling you these things. He says, I'm telling you, see, I'm assuring you so that you may have what? Peace. See, he knew what they needed. He knows what you need. He knows everything you need today. He says, I tell you these things so that you can have peace. Then he says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. People today, they think that if you're a Christian, you know, and something bad happens to you, well, God caused it. Jesus didn't say that. He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Didn't he? I think that's what he said. He said, but take heart. Why? Because I, Jesus, have overcome the world. I've overcome the world. Man, you can take that to the bank. You really can. Uh, you know, and, and in this world we live in today, it's really becoming hard to trust anything or anybody, isn't it? We don't know what to believe anymore. Things have been spun, you know, just like the conspiracy. Thing, we don't know what to treat. It's almost like X-Files. Do you remember X-Files? What's, the, what's the, the punchline? Trust no one. Okay? Trust no one. Well, that's really gotten to us. And uh, what happens is sometimes that flows over into our relationship with Jesus. Don't trust Jesus. You can't trust him. You can't trust God. Look at, look at what's happened to me, see? But that's not, that's not the case at all. And I, and I really, as I think about that, I like to think about the apostle that believed. Remember, there was one in their midst today in that room that believed without seeing. There was one in their midst that believed without having to touch his hands where the nail prints were and his side where the spear mark was. You remember who that was? Which one was it? Which was it? It was John. It was John. Why do we hear in the story when Peter and, and John that morning, they were told that the tomb was empty. He runs to the, tempting, the tomb, looks in, and it says John believed. Right there. See, he believed what Jesus said. Peter didn't believe. It also says that too. John believed. See, John loved Jesus. John, John had a... He was, he was really special. He loved Jesus. 
He believed Jesus and he trusted in Jesus. No wonder we've got three letters from John. We've got the, the revelation of John. We've got the gospel of John. And he's called the, the, the apostle that Jesus loved because John loved him and he trusted him. And that's what you and I are called to do. Trust God. And when our Lord, you know, when our Lord literally walks through the door, I love this. You know, we try to close everything and everybody out of our lives when we're dealing with our fears and our problems. You know, don't touch me. Don't leave, leave me alone. What does our Lord do? Well, he knows what you need, doesn't he? Does he sit there and does he knock on the door of your heart and say, will you let me in? I know you're hurting in there. I know you're afraid in there. What does he do? He walks through the door, doesn't he? Because he knows what you need. He just walks through the door. See, that's the Lord. That's the love that we have. And uh, it's sort of like, uh, you know, I trust you. Boy, there's a lesson. It's, uh, that's what Divine Mercy Sunday is, isn't it? What's the, what's the punchline of Divine Mercy Sunday? My Jesus, I trust in you. There you go. Trust. Trust in Jesus. He'll give you peace. And then a second time, Jesus says to them, peace be with you. And what he's going to give them, the greatest gift that he's given to everybody is what he did on the cross, the, the passion of the cross. That's, that's the greatest gift that he's given. But he's going to give another gift. And this is the gift that we're going to, we're going to be talking about for the, next, for the rest of Easter. It's a beautiful gift. It's a wonderful gift. It's extremely precious. It's something that we need. It's the same gift that the disciples received. That's the same gift that the 12 that are going to be baptized after Mass today are going to receive. It's the same words that Jesus used that will be used, pronounced by Mark today. When those 12 are baptized today, what are the words? What are the words that are so important, so vitally important in our lives? What did he say? Receive the Holy Spirit. There you go. Woo! And he breathed on them. Hope he didn't have garlic breath. No. He breathed on them, didn't he? Receive the Holy Spirit. Precious gift. Because that's God on the inside. <laughs> oh, I love that. Don't you? Uh, see, there, uh, that's God living on the inside of you. You don't have to go to a temple anymore. You know, like in Jerusalem, and that's where the, the Ark of the Covenant was. That's where you found God. No, God's right here. God is right here. And it's a, it's a wonderful gift. See, it's a gift of life. Remember, this is true. This is extremely true. God never asks you to do anything that he doesn't give you the strength to do and the ability. The choice is yours. The gifts are there. He gives you the gifts, but the choice is yours. It really is. See, there's great strength in the Holy Spirit. Um, I like, uh, it, it'll give you peace in the midst of all of life's challenges. I really like what Paul said in Galatians 5. Read that today if you have a chance. 
See, he talks about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. You know where those are? You remember him talking about that? Well, what is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Peace. See, that's otherly, isn't it? That's the Spirit of God living on the Peace, isn't it? And here's some of the other fruits. Love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. See, these are the kinds of things that God puts into, he infuses into you through the power of the Holy Spirit as you live out your Christian faith. And that gives you abundance of life. It will give you peace of life. Now, our calling, our challenge is to tap into that reality. That reality's there. We have to tap into it, realize it. The way we do that is we grow in our faith. The more you grow in your faith, the stronger the Spirit of God will live within you. It's given. That's, that is biblical. That's church is as you can get. It's true. See, that's why, that's why living out our faith is so important because it helps Christ more. And as we do that, what happens? The closer we draw to Christ, what happens? The more the peace that surpasses all understanding do we experience in our lives. Jesus is awesome. I mean, he, he, is. He, he, he is. He is awesome. That's all I can say about Jesus. But the choice is ours. He's not going to force himself on you. The choice is yours. But the, the realities, he promises. You do this, you'll get this. Well, leave you a couple of thoughts for reflection. Is there anything this morning that has you locked up inside? Maybe your heart, your mind, your soul. Maybe you're, you're here today and you're crouched over in fear and worry and stress and anxiety and despair. If that's the case, then listen for the voice of the Good Shepherd today. Listen for his call. The second thing is this, and this is really important, church. How serious do you take growing in your faith today? How serious do you take it? How serious? And what's one thing you can do in the coming week to help yourself grow in that faith? I say... What Jesus said, peace be with you.